twentieth day of the month. Love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Luke 6, verses 35 through 36. The fifth beatitude, happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown them. There is an engaging reciprocity about the gospel. Because God is merciful to us, we are to be merciful to others, even to our enemies, without expecting anything in return. Yet the fifth beatitude suggests that those who are merciful will in return receive yet more mercy. Is this a tit-for-tat business arrangement in which God forgives us only as much as we forgive others? Or is it like opening a rolled-up plastic bag? The more we open it, the more we can put into it, and the more we put into it, the more we open it becomes. It's not a matter of tit-for-tat, but rather of making increasingly available a capacity already there in potential. Ponder the potential for mercy God has given you. To what extent have you used it? How might you use it more effectively? To whom do you need to show mercy as a gift so that they may understand more fully God's gracious gift of forgiveness? Opening Prayer God of all mercies, to us you extend forgiveness and help again and again. Spare us from supposing either that your mercy is automatic or that we must earn or deserve it. Confront us with the mystery of your grace, which is beyond all human comprehension. Calls us to be merciful in your name, that those who see us may see beyond us and find you there. Through Christ, your mercy made flesh. Amen. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 9. I lift you high in praise, my God, O my King, and I'll bless your name into eternity. I'll bless you every day. I'll keep it up from now to eternity. God is magnificent. He can never be praised enough. There are no boundaries to his greatness. Generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. Your beauty and splendor have everyone talking. I compose songs on your wonders. Your marvelous doings are headline news. I could write a book full of the details of your greatness. The fame of your goodness spreads across the country. Your righteousness is on everyone's lips. God is all mercy and grace, not quick to anger, is rich in love. God is good to one and all. Everything he does is soaked through with grace. From the book of Genesis, chapter 49, verses 19 through the 14th verse of the 50th chapter. Then he charged them and said to them, I'm about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham brought along with the field from Ephron the Hittite for a burial site. There they buried Abraham and his wife Sarah. There they buried Isaac and his wife Rebekah. And there I buried Leah, the field and the cave that is in it, purchased from the sons of Heth. When Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Now forty days were required for it, for such is the period required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him seventy days. 
When the days of mourning for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your sight, please speak to Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am about to die in my grave which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. There you shall bury me. Now therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, then I will return. Pharaoh said, Go up, bury your father, as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, and all the household of Joseph and his brothers and his father's household. They left only their little ones and their flock and their herds in the land of Goshen. There also went up with him chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a great and sorrowful lamentation, and he observed seven days' mourning for his father. Now when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning for the Egyptians. Therefore it was named Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. Thus his sons did for him as he had charged them, for his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham had brought along with the field for a burial site from Ephron the Hittite. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. From 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 34. Now I praise you, because you remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions, just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is head of every woman, and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for the woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman, and all things originate from God. Judge for yourself. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory for her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice, nor have the churches of God. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that divisions exist among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one takes to his own supper first, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. In those days, when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and to them, I feel compassion for the people, because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered him, Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? And he was asking them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them, and started giving them to his disciples to serve to them, and they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish, and after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied. And they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over the broken pieces. About four thousand were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Dalmanutha. These are the readings of the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tuesday's Prayer God, our rock and our salvation, undergird us with your strength, lest we fail because we rely upon ourselves alone. Assist us with your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your love and trust in your grace. Spread upon us your transforming power. Overpower us with your goodwill and forgiveness, offered to us and to all through Christ our Savior. Amen. A prayer to be led in the ways of justice and peace by William Temple. O God, ruler of righteousness, lead us, we pray, in the ways of justice and peace. Inspire us to break down all oppression and wrong, to gain for everyone their own due reward, and from everyone their due service, that each may live for all and that all may live for each. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Current Ecumenical Text Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.